everyone remain calm. Back for more, huh? Oh, yeah. Ooh, ah, that's how it always starts. But then later there's running and then screaming. Somebody talk to me! What is happening? Welcome to Jurassic World. And now, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Jurassic Park Podcast. How long is it going to take for that to spread around the globe? This was all John Hammond's dream. Hold on to your butt. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 279th episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Jost, and we're here to discuss all things Jurassic Park. Well, uh, Jurassic June is coming to a close. Oh, how sad. How sad. All the fun that we've had, all the, uh, all, all, you know, dra- what was it? What's that, what's that saying? Uh, the Jurassic June was the friends we made along the way. <laughs> It's been a great time. There's been so much fun stuff, so many announcements, so many projects. And um, yeah, it's it's winding down here. We're at the final days, and I wanted to put out an episode. I know it's a, a day later or so, but we're here. We're still here. Now, we don't have the typical Jurassic Wire episode that we do usually at the end of the month. Sorry about that. We just didn't really uh, get, it, get it together enough to have a Jurassic Wire for you guys. But I am here, and Aaron will be here. Uh, so, so let me uh, preview what's going on here for a second. So, first off, I have a fun segment where I kind of take a look at what everybody's favorite thing of Jurassic June has been. I reached out to people on social media, wanted to know, you know, basically what has been their favorite part of Jurassic June. So we get to hear from a lot of people from around Twitter. And then we're going to follow that up with a special edition of the Game Trail. The Game Trail is back. That thing hasn't been around, I feel like, for years. <laughs> So we're finally diving back into the game trail. It probably hasn't been around since probably 2018 when Jurassic World Evolution came out. And now it's back because we've got some Jurassic World Evolution 2 news. So Aaron's going to be discussing uh, the release trailer and whatever news he can kind of sift through and his thoughts and feelings on that as well. So stay tuned for that. And then... Following that, uh, you're going to hear me kind of break down some of the most recent news in regards to Jurassic World Dominion, the preview. I'm going to talk about the preview, everything, all the details in there, uh, and some uh, some articles and stuff like that uh, from Collider and some information. So if you don't want to know anything about the preview or about Dominion and, and what, whatever we know so far, then definitely bow out before the end of the show because, uh, you know, I wanted to dive into that. I know it's been a hot-button topic, and of course... It's one of the biggest things to happen this Jurassic June. We have to talk about the preview, the, the the extended preview for Jurassic World Dominion in front of Fast and Furious 9. So stay tuned until the end of the show for that. But before all that, I wanted to take care of some quick business. So I wanted to start off by just giving a shout out to my buddy uh, and contributor here, Tom Jurassic. He has really held it together. We while, while I was away, he was able to produce a bunch of articles for JurassicParkPodcast.com. He's been really nailing it with the evolution content, all the uh, the new apparel that's coming out. Uh, the hundreds released a whole Jurassic line. Uh, and, of course, all the Dominion-related news. He was nailing all the coverage, and I'm so, so appreciative of that. So thank you so much to Tom for that. And also, a big thanks to Tom for... 
spending, uh, uh, you know, just about over eight hours with me <laughs> uh, for the live stream, the Jurassic Dune live stream charity drive, which uh, was just so much fun and such a success. I feel like we did... Uh, we did everything we wanted to, and nothing, nothing really went too wrong. There was a few little stumbles along the way, but everything worked out perfectly. I'm so, so excited about it. And, uh, you know, just because we did the live stream, which featured so, so many different uh, people from around the community, from around, you know, all the brand partners and stuff like that, it, it really was a, a treat. I mean, we had on... Uh, a full lineup of people. Uh, we had on Fnatic to discuss some of their most recent uh, creations in the uh, collectible industry. And then, of course, we, we discussed cosplay and theme parks with Michael Corelli. Uh, we had Ari Kaplan on to talk about how he, he wrote the uh, little golden books for Jurassic Park. And then, of course, uh, Stephen Shaw from Round Room Live to talk about Jurassic World, the exhibition that they're producing. We had Jennifer Evans uh, discussing the Bryce Dallas Howard community with, with Marie and Sarah and Ashley. We had Yaroslav Kosmina coming on to talk about his impressive artwork that he created. We had uh, a ton of people from the UK JP Motorpool. We had Ben, Rachel, uh, Nat, Dan, Phil, Gary, Harvey, and Bill. And uh, and then we had uh, Frontier on to discuss Jurassic World Evolution and, and the sequel, Evolution 2. We had Mike Spires talking about his artwork. Uh, Tim from Collect Jurassic talking about collecting. And uh, Dr. David Button, uh, who's a paleontologist, he discussed paleo history and Jurassic Park. We had uh, Neems, the poster uh, movie poster guy talking about his work and and his feelings on the fan community Caleb Burnett was with me to talk about the Dominion score uh, we had all, all kinds of listener submissions and content as far as like what kind of one thing would you want to see from Jurassic World Dominion uh, Connor O'Keefe was on to do a dino DNA about the dinosaurs from the Dominion preview and uh, we wrapped it up I know this is super long but we wrapped it up with uh, a conversation with Mattel where they revealed uh, a fun, like what their idea is, their plan is for the exclusive at the uh, at the uh, San Diego Comic-Con this year. So, and they didn't tell what it was, but it was great to talk to them anyway. But um, yeah, there were so, so many great conversations, so many little things that me and Tom did in between all of those conversations. It was such a huge event, eight hours of conversation. And uh, it was it was just such a success. And plus, the community, everybody, we helped to raise uh, over $700 for the Trevor Project. So it, it, it was amazing what we were able to do for them and help them. Uh, so please, please, it, the, the, the charity drive will be running on our videos uh, from now. You know, it's from, from the time we uploaded that live stream to the end of June. So keep donating money, uh, keep going, keep paying it forward, and uh, that would be amazing if you could. Um, so yeah, definitely keep an eye out. Uh, those will only be up for a few more days, so get your donations in now for the Trevor Project. Um, but yeah, it's been so much fun. So thank you so much to everybody who tuned in. Thank you to Tom. Thank you to all our guests and contributors. It was such an amazing day, and uh, I, I really loved it. It was very stressful getting that project off the ground, but we did it, and it was very, very rewarding. And just such a great experience overall so thank you to everybody out there who helped participate and watched and of course to tom it was it was amazing but it's already been a very long intro so i want to go ahead and get into this episode so why don't we go ahead and get it kicked off with a, another listener segment where we find out what was your favorite part 
of Jurassic June. I'm not a computer nerd. I prefer to be called a hacker. Aren't you supposed to be a genius or something? I can't get Jurassic Park back online without Dennis Dendron. Incorporating all the latest technologies. We shouldn't be here. And there's five dinosaurs. How many Sarahs do you think are on this island? Jurassic June is that time of the year where all the Jurassic fans around the world come together to celebrate, to rejoice and have fun, unwind uh, with the Jurassic franchise in any way possible. You know, we have people celebrating this franchise every single day, wearing different shirts, creating artwork. And then, of course, we have official announcements, fan projects, so much fun stuff to celebrate this year. And, of course, we don't have Jurassic World Dominion. But that's okay, we had so much else in its place. Video game announcements, Jurassic World Dominion previews, so many fun things. And I think uh, the fan community really took charge this year and did so much to make it a better place. And I reached out to everybody this, this past week and I wanted to know, you know, since it was an interesting year, what has been your favorite part of Jurassic June this year? And I asked if there was any specific announcements, projects, individual accomplishments, uh, fan projects. What was it? What was that one thing that, that kept you interested? I thought there could be a, a pretty wide range of uh, answers here. So I wanted to go through them here on the show and just talk about what everybody had in mind when it came to Jurassic June. I think everybody has a different thing in mind when it comes to celebrating this. And uh, so I want to go through some of these tweets. I basically asked this over on Twitter. And uh, our buddy Yaroslav, who was actually on our live stream, uh, talking about his art that he created, the Jurassic Legacy that showcased Jurassic Park through, uh, I guess, you know, Fallen Kingdom. And there's like some elements of things in Dominion that he wanted to see. So it was an amazing piece of art. But he had said over on Twitter, the revival of the Jurassic spirit after a tough past year. And that's so true. I mean, it, it was amazing to kind of come back to that June moment when June 1st hit, everything feels different, right? And to kind of come back to that spirit and celebrate the entire community, it is a special thing to hear everybody kind of, uh, you know, just celebrating that one same thing together. Uh, Jared M3 underscore 14 here said, there was an outpouring of support for various causes connected to members of the Jurassic and Paleo communities, whether it was hashtag Jurassic Gives Back or the support for the GoFundMe for Jurassic Jude. Yes, yes, of course. That that was uh, that was really great to see the outpouring for Jurassic Jude. Um, you know, I I believe she she had lost a bunch of her her toys and possessions. Uh, I believe due to a fire, and it was amazing to see the outpouring there and to see people giving back and and supporting that cause. Um, you know, we did the Jurassic Gives Back for the Trevor Project, and uh, we raised uh, just over $700, and, and it's still ongoing, so you can still support that through through the rest of June. Um, Jared also went on to say a few more things. He says, the number of conversations and personalities we've been seeing and participating via live streams with Jurassic Park Pod, Jurassic Unicast, Dinosaur Podcast, uh, Jurassic Con, and Dino Park Media were all amazing. There's a special preview of why dinosaurs... Uh, film for backers too. Yeah, that's awesome as well. I've, I've seen so much uh, interaction from Why Dinosaurs when it comes to their project. So that's really cool. Uh, and Jared finally uh, said in official Jurassic Media, we had special IMAX preview and the Jurassic World Evolution 2 announcement. Yeah, I mean, you can't deny that those two things right there 
were basically top of the list for so, so many people. Uh, our buddy Arjun Boss, contributor here on the show, said, Getting closer to the end of my story, step by step. So, yeah, that, that's, a, that's a nice little tease there, Arjun. I think, uh, I, think, I, I think everybody will be really excited to kind of get back into that vibe of extinction-level Jurassic Park. You know, that was such a fun time. Uh, for fans and and to just have that amazing storytelling here in the show uh, I was really excited by that so to know that there maybe is something out there that's a work in progress that we're getting closer to gets me really really excited uh let's see here this is at g-t-a-m-a-n 533 this says at Jurassic World Evolution getting announced is the best news and so hyped for the sequel also, getting to see the teaser for Dominion has me so excited as well. Uh, that movie will be so amazing, hoping it's the longest movie in the franchise. Yeah, I hope so too. I mean, that would be really great <laughs> if it was the longest movie in the franchise. Colin has been out there and said about, uh, it's not going to be about two and a half hours, but it'll be nice to to hopefully have something that could be the longest, uh, you know, movie in the franchise. Uh, at Tom Jurassic, hey Tom, what's going on? Uh, you had said... Hanging out with my boy, at Brad Jost, of course. Okay, all right, all right, I see where you're going with that. We did hang out for quite a while, and actually that was really fun, because we've we've been producing this, you know, live stream that aired over the past weekend on the 26th of June, raised a bunch of money. We had so many people on this project. You guys all know all know about it. But uh, the, the fun part about it, and, and some of the best parts about it were... You know, basically having meetings with Tom, setting up these the, the entire project, whether it was how we were going to be editing the videos and how we were going to be handling the interviews, uh, you know, what way we were going to present all of this on the stream. We had so many different like little meetings and, and gatherings. And then, of course, the the eight hours that we were streaming together, you know, we were we were playing content for everybody out there. But we also had the ability to talk and chat while the content's airing and stuff. So we had the entire day to kind of just hang out and chat, and uh, it was really awesome, really, really special. And, uh, you know, anytime you get to hang out with your friends from the internet, you know, it's not that often, but uh, you, anytime you can chat with them and have a good time is, is a blessing. So um, this one, this next one here is, uh, let me see the handle. It says, at Dilophosaur13, and it says, <laughs> hanging out with the community yesterday was a blast, or was it the day before, I think? Man, time flies. Yeah, I think uh, I think Bobby here was referring to the, the live stream, and uh, that was a blast. You know, obviously myself and Tom had to be there the entire time, but to see so many people, uh, you know, weave in and out of the stream all day long was was really really incredible. Uh, I don't know if anybody was there all eight hours or not, but uh, you know, we appreciated everybody for any second that they spent in the stream. Uh, at Mike Tharm, uh, or not at Mike, yeah, that's his handle. It says, well, I have a project that will hopefully be released on June 30th that will certainly appeal to JP collectors. Can't say what exactly, as the company are keeping it under wraps at the moment, but I think people will enjoy these. Ooh, that's a nice tease there, Mike. I have no idea what this is, but, uh, it's coming up. It's coming up. Keep your eyes peeled. June 30th. A potential fun project that Mike Tharm's been working on, so we get to see something maybe uh, JP Collectors are interested in. 
Uh, the next one here is uh, this is from Roberto, and it says, "I love how you guys managed a live stream. <laughs> it was nice seeing how many uh, of you highlighted all the best parts of the community for a great cause. Also, I loved how many fan films and series have popped up recently from uh, at Film Stegosaurus uh, and at another Jurassic's Forsaken." Yeah, and uh, he continues on here, and the sequel to at DTDB35's New World. It's safe to say that these are exciting times for Jurassic Park, Jurassic World fans. I've also heard that there are other very interesting projects in the work as well. Overall, there are so many great things about this Jurassic June. I hope that the spirit carries on. Yeah. Yeah, there has been so many great uh, projects like that, like little fan films and stuff like that that have been popping up, and it's always so surprising because there's some there's some great work being done. You never hear about them until it's basically time to release, and you're like, whoa, that's really cool. Where did this come from? So I'm very interested in all those things, and uh, to hear that maybe there's another thing in the works, that's pretty cool too. Everybody's got these little secrets, and that's kind of what I love about Jurassic June is everybody loves – We, I mean, we all do it. We like to keep our – our secrets and our, our projects un, uh, under wraps until we have the uh, appropriate moment to debut those things. Uh, the next one here is from Carrot Scraps, and it says, I watched Camp Cretaceous for the first time this month, and it's already one of my favorite pieces of dinosaur media. Also, the Jurassic World Evolution 2 announcement was very nice. Yeah, that's uh, that's a good one, too. Catching up on Camp Cretaceous and... Uh, you know, I could see how that would easily become one of the favorite uh, pieces of dinosaur media. It's it's super good, and uh, yeah, it is a it is a good thing to kind of watch through uh, in Jurassic June. Uh, this one here says uh, this is from Dragon Breeder One Two Three, and it says Evolution Two. Just wish I could see Jurassic World Dominion without going to see Fast and Furious Nine. Other than that, so far so good. Yeah, I mean, I know a lot of people had uh, taken issue with that. Uh, but yeah, it's it's kind of a bummer that you know everybody has to pay out a bunch of money just to see five minutes. That's all they really want. Um, you know, I wanted to see both, but uh, you know, for those who didn't, it's kind of a you know if you're paying for the IMAX, which could be like seventeen bucks or more, um, it's a it's a tough penny to pay. So uh, yeah, I understand that completely. Next one here is from Craig Wright, and it says Jurassic World Evolution Two. Yeah, yeah, we've had so many of those. Uh, so many people pointing out Evolution 2 there, and that is a really good one. I think uh, on the surface, it sounds it sounds like it could be something similar, but I think there's a lot in there that uh, differentiates itself enough from the first game to be super enjoyable. Uh, let's see, next one here is from Benny T, and it says, It's been really fun brainstorming and working on a little Jurassic World Evolution film project I've been wanting to get done for this month. Will I still get it done in time? <laughs> Question mark. Uh, I don't know, but I'm still having fun. Yeah. Oh, that's that is also the problem with Jurassic June. I mean, we all have so many things that we want to accomplish, and Jurassic June makes it very, very difficult. There's so much conversation, and of course, all the new information that that needs to be covered and talked about. And uh, yeah, it is a tough time to accomplish everything you want. So I can definitely sympathize with you there, Benny. Uh, this one here is from the Cretaceous Dad, and it says, It'll sound cheesy, but yesterday. <laughs> you guys knocked it out of the park, and you really showed the true side of the community. Uh, the kind, accepting, uh, everyone is awesome side. Not the toxic toxicity of most social media. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> thank you so much for that. the kind comments there. Um, it is It is interesting, I mean... 
for how great Jurassic June has been for all of us, you know, on official announcement sides and fan project sides, uh, there has been a layer that has not been too great, whether it's, you know, people, uh, you know, talking about paleontology and that not, you know, working well with their definition of what Jurassic should be or paleontology should be. You know, this is all fun. It's all entertainment. So it's something that we really, you know, I know we have so, so many episodes here and we definitely take it seriously, but you can't take it too seriously where, you know, you're kind of, uh, uh, you know, attacking certain individuals, whether it's creatives for Dominion or, you know, the uh, paleontologist who worked on the film, Steve Prasadi. I know he saw a lot of backlash, but uh, you got to just have fun with it. And, and there are toxic elements, but... I think uh, so many of us here at the podcast and uh, in this this in our circles and our community, we really try to showcase all the best parts. So so yeah, so I, I agree there. Um, this is from at Jurassic Ost, and it says there have been uh, far too many to choose from. This year's Jurassic June has definitely been one of the very best. Yeah, even without Jurassic World Dominion, it still managed to do so much for the community and. Uh, just be so enjoyable. So I definitely agree. Uh, Carl uh, Larson here says, eight hours of Jurassic Park, Jurassic World fandom yesterday was awesome. There we go. I, look, I was not reaching out for compliments on our live stream, but, you know, it just got me thinking, you know, since it was winding down, we just got finished with the, the live stream. I don't know if I posted it that night or the next day, but I was like, you know what? What was everybody's favorite part of the of the month? Uh, we're, we're coming down to the end here, and I just wanted to know. But I really, really appreciate everybody saying that they had a great time with the live stream. It's It's been really, really awesome to hear. Uh, Ryan Green here says, I have to say the little announcement for Jurassic World Evolution was definitely my favorite part of Jurassic June. There you go. Another Jurassic World Evolution 2. Um, I'm very excited about the, uh, I think there's something called Chaos Mode or something like that, where you get to replay different moments from the Jurassic franchise with like a twist or something like that. So... I don't know how that's going to go down and what kind of moments they're going to choose, but I am very excited to hear what those things are and to see them in progress because I think that could be one of the most fun aspects of the new game. Uh, I feel like it was kind of hidden in there. I didn't notice that at part of the announcement right away, so that was really cool. Uh, this is from, let's see, Ad, uh, this is from Adam Adamus Prime, and it says, This year, Jurassic June has encouraged me to do more in general, especially now this year I've been able to do uh, to do make more in terms of videos and streams. I got a couple things left before the month bows out. There we go. More stuff. More stuff in the works. I love it. <laughs> it's so good to see. Everybody is so super creative and just full of fun ideas. And uh, yeah, never stop uh, creating, everybody. Keep keep doing it. And um, I love that Like, it, it brings people out of shells and stuff like that. Like This podcast did that for me, and it made me more comfortable with doing so many more things. So I, I love that that's the case for so many different people out there. Uh, let's see here. What else we got? This is from uh, Benjamin Michael Tanner, and it says, Yes, I'm actually working on my own dinosaur comic called The Paleo Society, featuring featuring Victorian-era dinosaurs. Here's a couple pieces of conceptual art. And uh, I'm taking a look at the art right here, and it's very cool. Oh, I love this so much. That's awesome. It kind of, uh, what is it called? Uh, uh, I'm blanking on the, uh, the name of those dinosaurs, but... Uh, uh, the Crystal Palace dinosaurs, right? Is that what they're called? Um, th that's kind of like what this is. That's really amazing. Like big looking iguanas and giant like 
you know, lizardy looking, mammaly looking things. So, you know, those things are super interesting looking what they kind of initially, I guess, thought that they looked like. So that's really cool. I, I think that's a really, really interesting project to kind of put out there and to say, hey, here's this alternate reality of what dinosaurs were at one point in time. Uh, that's really cool. So keep, keep it up and I can't wait to see more. Uh, this is from, let's see, Daily Jurassic Trailers. And it says, I don't think I can really say off the spot, but I'll go with what's been my favorite. Spending the first 12 days of Jurassic June with my friends on Discord, playing Jurassic games from 93 to JP3, and then watching all five films and Big Rock. Oh, that's great. That's great. I know there's been there's been a lot of fun stuff on Discord. I know Outpost opened their own Discord. So I, I actually haven't gotten a chance to get in there and see what that's all about. But, uh, you know, I know there's so much fun stuff going on on Discords all over the place. And to be able to hang out with your friends, celebrate games and different things, that's always a good thing. That's always a good thing. Uh, let's hear. This one here is from uh, at underscore... P-Y-E, whack it, underscore, and it says, the extra behind-the-scenes bits from Stan Winston's school. Yeah, that is that is always good. Th their account, just in general, uh, is is incredible, and, and they've been kind of, like, showcasing never-before-seen content and little video clips and pictures, and it's, it's really incredible. You know, whenever any kind of behind-the-scenes photo pops up that you've never seen before, that's always so special because you're like, whoa, I don't I don't think I've ever seen this before. Is this brand new? Like, has anybody seen this? So I, I really appreciate what uh, the Stan Winston School has been able to do with their back catalog of, of content there. Uh, and I think this is the last one. And it's uh, from at JurassicB21. And it says, the Jurassic World Dominion preview. Wow. I mean, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, and there was a follow-up and it says, oh. Your live stream too. Uh, will there be a Jurassic Wire soon? Oh, sorry. There's there's no Jurassic Wire this week. Um, but uh, but maybe next month. Maybe next month. Uh, but uh, appreciate it. And yes, the Jurassic World Dominion was pretty awesome. So got to agree there. But I think that was it. Uh, I think that was all the answers. I you know it was kind of like a last second thing. So I really appreciate everybody answering along and, and having fun. These answers have been kind of coming in as I've been uh, reading this too, so that's fun. But uh, yeah, it's been a great month and I think there's been a lot to think about, a lot to ponder and a lot to discuss. And, you know, I was away for a little bit so I didn't get to discuss everything right in the moment, but I'm excited to kind of dive into it more here on the podcast. So uh, yeah, I guess that about it. That's about it. So thank you to each and every person who, who responded there and answered and just had a wonderful Jurassic June. You're all super awesome people. Keep up the positivity. That's what we want to see here. So keep it up. And uh, I guess we'll see you in the next segment. This is a game trail, Mr. Ludlow. Carnivores hunt on game trail. Hey, I'm coming online. This is a game we call hide and seek. It's a scent drill. We've done it about a thousand times with these animals. Wait to engage. Look at these creatures. They've got millions of years of instinct in their cells. Instinct that we can program. Herd the animal into a kill zone. That's when we take our shot. Get a clear shot, wait on my command, and give her everything you got. I hate computers. 
This new program's incredible. Mm. Violence and technology, not good bedfellows. Hello and welcome to The Game Trail, the Jurassic Park podcast segment where we talk all things Jurassic gaming. I'm your host, Aaron Beyer, and today, it's just me. Uh, it's just me trying this video thing out for The Game Trail and uh, just talking to myself. Uh, we're going to dive into the Frontier Developments announcement trailer for uh, Jurassic World Evolution 2. Uh, that's super crazy exciting, uh, but you know, just kind of bear with me, roll with the punches. Uh, I might have a lot of dead air. I might say, mmm and um a bunch of times. I've never done one of these. Calm down. It's going to be great. Uh, but uh, yeah, let's get right to it. Uh, so I'll take this down here. We're going to start up this video now. E3 is going and Frontier Developments uh, had the announcement that Jurassic World Evolution 2 is coming this year in 2021. Uh, they launched with a cinematic trailer and uh, they had Jeff Goldblum do the announcement, which was pretty great. So here, let's just watch through it and then uh, pick up on some things. That's a cool effect. I, I kind of dug that. We've seen this bird to Trinidad thing a few times. Got some new species in there. Lessons. New backdrop. We abused Crazy. Power. A Trevoro style Pteranodon. Not the JP3 one. With genetics, oh. like, uh, Let's see. That's like pretty cool. A toy. Oh, man, I love the Brachiosaur. It's so great. We weren't careful. And now, ah, here we are. Sick Nasuto. This is a very different world. They're not compies. No, this is that's a that's a great trailer. I don't think it's okay. Twenty twenty one. Yep, knew that. Ooh. All right, we should let's pause this. That's very that's very telling. Uh all right, so let's go through this. I really dug this bird to Tranodon uh transition and I thought it was cool that it's a Trevorrow Tranodon. The last Tranodon in Evolution 1 was the JP3 Tranodons and those aren't my favorite by any stretch of the imagination. In fact, of all of the flying reptiles in Jurassic the JP3 Tranodon is my least favorite. I think it has a cool scene. Um, I like the rock, like I like the cavern uh, thing that they've got going on in that film. Um, but yeah, I really, I really dislike that design. So I was happy to see this shadow turn into a Trevorrow style. Obviously, this is cinematic. You know, we know that in Jurassic World Evolution One, none of this stuff existed. This wasn't gameplay. Uh, this is just simply to get you pumped and I'm looking through this crowd and we've just got, let's see, we've got Stegosaurus and Triceratops, which we've had in the last game. They're in like, not, these aren't dunes, uh, like Grand Canyon style, like mountainous desert region. This is kind of cool. All the warnings. And there we have our first, this is a Margosaurus with the spikes on the, on the neck. That's a new species for the series. 
Got that broken aviary back there, which is kind of cool. With genetics, like, uh, I'll actually turn down the volume here. We don't need to hear it again. Uh, Brachiosaur, which we've seen. Like, but like right here, this biome, this is something totally new. Uh, for Jurassic World Evolution, uh, if you didn't play the first one, the first one takes place on the like the five islands or the five deaths uh, of the Jurassic Park franchise. And you build up a park on each individual island. This looks like it's for sure going to be after a Fallen Kingdom situation. The dinosaurs are now all around the world. And we've gone from the desert caverns, uh, not caverns, just mountainous regions. Uh, now we're in like a a forested region um so we're not again not in the jungle we've got some white white capped mountains back there i love this nasutoceratops they're kind of touting it as like new to the game but we had nasutoceratops in the last one it was it was just part of an expansion um after battle at big rock came out now when i first saw this i thought these were like compies but they don't look like Jurassic compies. Um, they actually later on the websites they announced these is to be Coelophysis. So that's really cool. Um, I I really love Coelophysis from when I was a kid and the Kenner had like the two pack. I had a I had a bunch of those because I wanted to create that swarm that was on the collector card. So like I think I had like six or seven uh, Coelophysis, and I still like if I find them on eBay for a good price, I'll still like pick them up because you can you can't have too many of those. Um, this Jeep, very Jurassic World style, uh, but obviously not, doesn't look like it's from the main park. So this, whatever group you're playing as, uh, looks like you're building like dinosaur sanctuaries, which is cool. And then you get a nice hero shot of this Coelophysis drinking water and you get the big foot. Now T-Rex. Spinosaurus, one of the new, one of the new ones. I'm, I won't, I won't, I won't go into the spoilery things that we've talked about on the wire previously. Um, even though I think there's been some things officially announced at this point, um, I just, I won't go into it. So, uh, pretty cool uh, image here. Love this rendering. Like the the lighting here is absolutely amazing. The lighting and the shading in this cinematic trailer. I wonder if this is. Like, I wonder who they're outsourcing to, to make this. Like, normally game devs, especially if you're a game developer who doesn't specialize or like your games aren't heavy in cinematics, you won't, you won't do this yourselves in-house. So I doubt Frontier actually did this. They probably provided some assets, um, but that's really about it. Um, this is great. I wonder if this is being rendered in maybe like Unreal 4 or maybe even 5 at this point. Like maybe they have like, the code to do five uh but yeah absolutely gorgeous then we get the new logo uh this golden sun bronzing effect is kind of weird but whatever i think all this mark i think all the marketing material where they're not allowed to make their own versions of the logo um i like that concept except for like i wish jurassic i wish evolution 2 like fit were like fallen kingdom fit like and it's it's everything. It's it's evolution. It's Camp Cretaceous. It's live tour. They all just stick like the surname, like the the secondary name down here instead of putting it where it belongs. It's the right font, 
like this is the this is the fallen kingdom font for sure but like why not allow these companies or these people licensing the product to put it where it belongs that, that doesn't make any sense to me but um so yeah i mean there you have it uh you have the mosasaurus uh so we are looks like we're gonna get some aquatic reptiles coming and it's coming in 2021 now i would imagine that that's i would imagine that the current date for this game even though it's non not known yet i would imagine that the current date is actually a delay and what i mean by that is jurassic world dominion was supposed to be out by now um it was supposed to be out this month in fact and i would imagine that this game was probably a tie-in and with the pandemic and everything that happened I would imagine that later in 2021, this will be like a holiday-ish game, which is weird because Dominion then doesn't come out for a whole nother seven to six to seven months after, potentially eight months after this game comes out. So with the last game we got, the game came out prior to the movie's release, prior to Fallen Kingdom's release. Then... Like, I want to say it was a month or two. I don't know for sure. But a month or two, we got the Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom Dinosaur Pack, which had all the dinosaurs they were kind of trying to, like, hide. Like, they didn't hadn't announced yet. Um, And so, I'm just kind of wondering. Like, I want to say that was, like, Carnotaurus, Allosaurus, uh, Indoraptor. Um, I'm, I'm kind of curious as to what they're gonna do like are, is it is the support for this game really gonna go beyond is it gonna really go eight months for us to get the dominion dinosaur pack like we know that there's a bunch of new species in dominion they've already kind of talked about that online but like really like we're gonna wait that long to get the dominion dinosaurs so i'm actually kind of hoping this game gets delayed just one more time like make this a march game make this a march game march 2022 let me play for three months then give me the dominion dinosaur pack then give me uh any subsequent dlc uh content um that would be great and then at the end of this trailer over here on youtube we've got uh, all the platforms, um, a, a World Evolved coming 2021, available on Steam, PS5, PS4, uh, Epic Game Store, Xbox Series X and S, and Xbox One. So, I'm thumbs downing the old consoles for anybody who's just listening to this. I have a little bit of beef about that, uh, and I'm going to go into that, um, and, and we'll talk about it. Now, let's head over to Steam, and we'll... We'll read what the developers have to say. All right, so first let's read the, the blurb. Uh, about this game, Jurassic World Evolution 2 is the much anticipated sequel to Frontier's highly successful Jurassic World Evolution, building upon the groundbreaking and immersive 2018 management simulation. It introduces a compelling new narrative campaign, incredible new features, and awe-inspiring new dinosaurs brought to life with captivating authenticity. Together, with expanded construction and more customization options, the result is an even bigger and better authentic Jurassic World game. Uh, it features an all new Jurassic story, uh, create your own Jurassic World, 
that stuff we had in the original game. Uh, and play with Chaos Theory. This is the new mode uh, that they're talking about. Chaos Theory mode lets you play through key moments of your favorite films uh, with a twist. Experience what-if scenarios from iconic Jurassic World and Jurassic Park films with each level set across eras and locations from all five movies. Uh, immerse yourself in the heart of the Jurassic World franchise and see how things turn out when you are put at the helm of managing new challenges with unpredictable outcomes. Um, and the system requirements, uh, TBD. So, that's kind of cool. I don't, I don't know what these what-if scenarios could be. Um, what does excite me about that is that this game does seem like it's going to have these new biomes uh, that they're showing off, but also kind of give me that comfort of going back to Jurassic Park and experiencing, or Nublar, I guess, or Sorna, and experiencing the traditional jungle biome that, like, I love uh, so much. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know really what to expect from a game that is being built for hardware that's a decade old. I'm kind of expecting more of the same. Uh, but before we get to that, I keep I keep like teasing that like a weirdo. Uh, let's go through some of these screen grabs here. Uh, we've got this first image of this Nesutoceratops. Uh, great image, great model. I love this thing. This is more of like a red uh, variant. Uh, which, you know, in the last game, we were allowed to kind of change up skins. They had, like, multiple variations that you can do. And this animal's in this wooded, uh, this wooded pattern with, like, some fall colors in the back. Uh, different for sure. Um, you know, as opposed to the jungle that we're used to seeing. It's a little more Sorna, but, like, Sorna doesn't have, like, a ton of these pine trees that this image has. Uh, here's the Coelophysis. This is a great model. Um... I do hope that we get some colors a little more reminiscent to the Kenner uh, variant uh, from 25, 6 years ago at this point. Uh, and it's here in front of this pond. Again, really cool model. Can't wait to, to get this one in my, in my park. Nice aerial view. I don't understand, and maybe this is like a placeholder, I don't understand the innovation center uh, in this world. I know these are, I know that this whole entire game is kind of a what-if scenario, but why the innovation? Is this like, I, I'm hoping this is like a placeholder. And if you want to add the innovation center, like fine, but like, I don't, this isn't, I think if I'm playing this scenario and I'm not on Nublar, I don't think I want the innovation center. Um, I would like to have some other kind of centerpiece uh, building. Um, but you know, it's got the, the shops, the main street there, and it's got the helipad. Uh, it's some other building looks like it's solar powered. And then it's got the, uh, the viewing platforms. Looks like we've got an aviary in the background there as well, which is different looking than the one from the last game. The lighting on this also seems really rough. Um, I want to say that my PS4 game looked a little nicer than this one. Um, or at least what this image is, is showing. I, I don't really know. I haven't played in a, quite a, a while. Um, another new species, this Amargosaurus. Uh, this looks really cool. I think this looks way cooler than the Mattel figure uh, that was produced for this animal. I, I, I don't know why that Mattel figure, like that style has been done by other dinosaur toy makers as well. 
where the spines are like more like left and right of the neck as opposed to like on top of and splitting from the top. <clears throat> this design though, it's really, really cool. I'm really excited to get this. And this one is like this dry uh, cavern area with like cactus uh, and some like desert plants. So that's that's different. That That's different for sure. We've never seen that in a Jurassic uh, movie. Um, so that'll be cool to, to mess around with that. Uh, Triceratops. Looks like we've got the Gyrosphere uh, tour in the backdrop there. And it looks like we have kind of the same hatchery pens as the last game. Uh, this one just in a grassy field uh, with a white cap mountain in the background. Uh, another classic, one of my favorites. I think the model for Jurassic World Evolution on the Stegosaurus is absolutely phenomenal. And I think the color palettes they gave it in the first game were fantastic. I'm really excited to, to mess around with this one again. Although they were a pain in Jurassic World Evolution, like a major pain. Kind of hope they bring that down because I love this animal. But this animal was like, you, it, it was like impossible to maintain. So hopefully, uh, hopefully that gets adjusted. And that is absolutely the last screenshot. So I'm going to jump over to, that's Steam. So it's basically the PC storefront. I'm going to jump over to the PlayStation blog. Now, I'm not going to lie, like, and I'm not even hiding it. I'm a PlayStation fanboy. Like, you can't really convince me to go PC. I get it. PC is pretty, I mean, yeah, it, it's just straight better. Like, I don't think anyone's really denying that. Um, the quality you're going to get on a PC is always, depending on your machine, always much grander than what you're going to get on a console. However, we are in the era of PS5 and the Xbox Series editions. So maybe it's more comparable. Maybe some of the new consoles are stronger than a PC that you might have. Um, but let's jump over to PlayStation blog. And it's pretty much the same stuff. Uh, it's basically going over. It builds on the groundbreaking and immersive predecessor. Um, in ways that you'll love. Uh, new Jurassic Narrative campaign, which Steam went over. It's basically all the same screen grabs. And it says, uh, when the game launches for PS5 and PlayStation 4 later this year. Again, I really hope that gets delayed. I know people are really anxious, but I, I want to get to the newer content faster, if that makes sense, from the, the launch. I'm not complaining. I put 150 plus hours into the Jurassic, into, I'm sorry, the PlayStation 4 version. So I'll for sure do that again. What concerns me is this, is this whole thing that it's coming out on PlayStation 4. And let me go over why that concerns me. It concerns me because we're in a new generation. We're, by the time this comes out at the end of this year, we'll be a year into the new generation. I understand there are supply constraints. Not everyone who wants a PlayStation 5 can get a PlayStation 5. I understand there's over 100 million units of PlayStation 4, uh, whether that's launch edition, slim edition, uh, PlayStation 4 Pro. Like I understand all that. But the reality is, if you have a PlayStation 5, yes, it's coming out with a native PlayStation 5 SKU. So this says. But... This game was obviously in development for more of the lower common denominator hardware, such as PlayStation 4 or Xbox. I mean, it's coming out on Xbox One, the original Xbox One. 
It is the weakest piece of hardware out there, aside from maybe like a 10-year-old PC. Like the Xbox One chugs compared to like the X, even the Xbox One S. I know this. My wife and I game next to each other um, on our respective consoles. I have an S, she has a One. We play games on it. Hers always has a little bit more lag in the video processing. Um, when I played Jurassic World Evolution on PS4, I had tons of lag when I would like try to shoot the camera from one end of the island to the other. And it's trying to like render, cause I'm, I'm crazy. Like I didn't put two copies in a pen and call Like I had like 30 copies, right? I had herds of animals. Um, you've got your, you've got your fencing. You've got all the, the backend things that it's trying to process, uh, all your park management things and yeah like when i would move from one end to the island to the other and i'm trying to like rapidly fix uh like a problem that camera lag was super annoying now i've talked to people who said they didn't get any camera lag um or lag or or drop frame rate on their version of jurassic world evolution on their playstation 4. i don't know maybe we play differently Again, I'm a psychopath. I I throw as many dinosaurs as I possibly can um, to make it just look full and vibrant, right? So this game being on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One, the two weakest consoles out there. Now, people like I've said this to people, and they're like, "Well, I no, they're like it'll run great." I'm like, "Yeah, it will run great, especially on a PlayStation 5." Because this game is a PlayStation 4 game. So like it was specced and it was specced and built with PlayStation 4 and Xbox One in mind. So even and and this complaint could be this complaint could be said exactly like this exact complaint could be made for the PC players during the the last iteration, right? PC you have to have a pretty good PC to run evolution and then even their other game planet zoo i downloaded it on my last pc could not run it on my new pc runs great uh but like that game i don't ever see planet zoo ever being able to run on a console like the customization options and the 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 back end computing of that game are like crazy um so I honestly, I really don't know. Um, but what I will say is this, is that the game is specced for PS4. So on a PlayStation 5, this thing should cruise. You should not have any drop frame rate. You'll for sure probably, I would imagine, get your 4K or 60 frames a second or heck, even both. But what I wanted from a sequel to Jurassic World Evolution was a little bit more than what Jurassic World evolution had to offer i wanted to be able to build on different planes of existence so i like i wanted to be able to build not not existence different planes of of height so i wanted to be able to build like on mountain ledges um i would have liked uh, a trading system i would have liked larger land masses much larger land masses the sandbox land mass that we got for evolution one Man, it just, it was so small. It was so small. Like, I remember playing Jurassic Park Operation Genesis, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago at this point. 
and feeling like that island they gave me was a massive island. Um, and I never felt that with with evolution, never. Because this idea that you're building these this segmented part of the island, one, doesn't make any sense to me. Like, I get it in Jurassic World. There are portions of the island that probably have nothing. But Jurassic World and Park utilized the entirety of the land that John Hammond leased. So to only build in a certain segment or section was super weird. And I don't even necessarily want to like go from one section to another and then like have to load. I want to seamlessly go from one section of the island to another to another um, and have that in this big open world thing. Their engine is obviously not designed for that. They don't make open world games, but maybe you learn from those that do. You know, a, a map like Witcher 3 or Cyberpunk, I mean, well, maybe Cyberpunk's not a great example. The thing barely ran on PlayStation 4. Um, but, or actually, I don't even know. It barely ran on my PlayStation 5. Um, you know, so there's that. But all I'm saying is, is that, yes, this game is going to run on PlayStation 4. It will probably have the same hiccups as everything else. My, as, as the last version, my disappointment comes from if a developer is in a meeting and it's like, hey, we're having a Jurassic World Evolution 2 meeting today. Developer goes in and says, hey, for the sequel, let's do four times the land size. And the engineer comes in and says, or the, the yeah, I guess the engineer would come in and be like, you can't because it has to run on Xbox One and PlayStation 4, which are 10-year-old consoles. And it's like, oh, okay, so... Be, just again the memory the hard drive all that stuff plays into what it can deliver so when you get the playstation 5 skew again it's going to run a lot better but you're getting a game that has to be able to run on playstation 4 so you're not utilizing what the machine can do what the playstation 5 or the xbox series you're not getting a game that is taking advantage of the playstation 5 you're getting a game that can run on playstation 5 there's a huge difference there there's a huge difference between taking advantage of and uh, running on, okay? So, just out of curiosity, I checked out uh, I checked out a website called uh, Trusted Reviews, and it basically breaks down the, ooh, that's very, very bright. Sorry about that. Um, there's nothing I can do about it. We're just going with it. Uh, it just basically does a side-by-side -side of the PlayStation 4 and the PlayStation 5. Now, for those who are in the gaming uh, community who follow gaming industry, you might remember something called the Mark Cerny Power Hour. And it was basically the uh, Mark Cerny presentation of what the PlayStation 5 was going to offer. And one of the big things was its super custom SSD. Okay, soldered onto the board. Uh, let's see, it runs at... 500, I'm sorry, 5.5 gigabits per second raw, uh, typical 8 to 9 gigabits per second compressed uh, information, whereas the PlayStation 4 uh, was able to deliver information from the hard drive at approximately 50 to 100 megabits per second, dependent on the location on the phys on the on the spinning hard disk drive, okay? Um, and 
part of the whole presentation about this the SSD. This is not like an SSD that you go out and buy and put uh, in like the drive bays. This is more along the lines of like the NVMe hard drives that have been coming out for gaming and they're like crazy fast. Now, I did do the math or I shouldn't say I did it. Someone online did it and I am going to quote kind of quote them without giving them credit for it. Uh, the PlayStation 5 hard drive is 55 times faster than the PlayStation 4 hard drive, meaning it can deliver a heck of a lot more information to your GPU, to your RAM, like to your display, right? It can blast information to your processing unit, okay? The PlayStation 4, it, it's like the difference between like getting information through a, like a syringe versus like an oil pipeline. Like it's, it's massive. So again, this game is being built and specced for machines that run 55 times slower than the current hardware, okay? Uh, again, PS5, a lot more RAM. So PS5 will hopefully be able to like hold more information. Uh, if you have more dinosaurs on your island, hopefully it takes less time to process those. And it's obviously got a faster faster and better everything as opposed to PlayStation 4, its predecessors. So once again, uh, I didn't look up the side-by-side -side for the Xbox One S versus like a Series uh, S or Series X. Um, I would imagine the results are comparable. Um, but yeah, I just kind of wish this was like a launch into the next generation, right? PC, PlayStation 5, Xbox Series. Like I wish that was the situation so that the game could could utilize playstation 5 and not just run on playstation 5. um so let's talk about the dinosaurs they're talking about 75 species more than 75 species i would imagine they're talking about that out of the box now i went over to jurassic world evolution fandom i counted these up uh there are roughly 68 i believe is what i counted and over at Operation Genesis Fandom, there's 25. So the 68 from Evolution, these include all the DLC packs. So there was the base game. Uh, then there was, uh, let's see, a deluxe dinosaur pack, which uh, had some other species in it. There was the Fallen Kingdom dinosaur pack, right? And this, is, this came out later. Uh, once the movie came out, it had Allosaurus, Baryonyx, Carnotaurus, Indoraptor, Cynoceratops, Stegomolic. I would expect all these species in this Fallen Kingdom pack, I would expect these to go into the launch game. I'm gonna be pretty bummed if I have to wait to put old dinosaurs into my new game, if that makes sense. So, out of 68, uh, we've got, um, they're, they're saying that the game's gonna launch with 75, so then we've got 68, uh, Coelophysis, 69, Amargosaurus, 70, the new Pteranodon, can we count that? 71, Mosasaurus, 72, um, they made a kind of a big deal out of the fact that this was going to have flying reptiles, reptiles, so maybe Catacotlus, and then at 73, and then Colin Trevorrow announced two species, which I won't spoil here, 
uh, announced two species. So that brings us up to 74, 75. Um, so I guess that's what it's launching with. You know, we, we kind of already know, if you want to go check out what Colin announced, kind of already know what's going to be in this game. I cannot imagine that it doesn't launch with these 68. Now, I can see it actually not launching with... Oh, what's the ones? The Ankylodocus. The... Actually, was this one? This one was not a... This... Olora Titan. Sorry. Terrible with the names. Um, Spinoraptor, I can see not being there. Uh, Stegoceratops, I can see not being there. Uh, Trudon better be there. But, again, I, I think they will be. Because I can't... It, it's going to launch with Indoraptor, for sure. It'll have Indominus Rex, for sure. Those are staples of Jurassic World at this point. Um, the, the random made-up hybrids, um, I think, might not make it. Oh, and you know what? What's the one in... There's the one in Camp Cretaceous, the Scorpius Rex. I, you think that'll show? I don't know. I don't... I don't love it. <laughs> if it shows up, I'll only make it if they force me to do it for a mission. Um, and, man, I would love a remodel of the Aranosaurus. Like, I'm sure it's probably more accurate than, like, the the Operation Genesis uh, one. But, like, I mean, come on. Like, Aranosaurus. You just do, like, a basic. Like, so there's the evolution one. But like, like that's really cool. Look at this. Like this sail on it is really cool. This like anything that makes it kind of look like a a plant eating version of a Spinosaurus. Like I'm totally all about. Um, the Operation Genesis one is probably one of my favorite. Like yeah, like that's that's really cool. Uh, this one here, um, I love that. I love this one. Look, click on it. Yeah, that's that's really cool. Uh, Aranosaurus. Jurassic Park, Operation Genesis. Yeah. Look at that. That thing's gorgeous. This, like, gray and black with this orange sail. It's really freaking cool. I kind of kind of am hoping for a redesign similar to that. Maybe it's in the movie. Maybe it's in the movie and we get a more... I, I shouldn't even say accurate. I have no idea if this is accurate. Uh, but we get like a more appealing in my eyes design. Oh, here we go. Here's here's a comparison between the two. Yeah, I just like this. I like the Genesis one so much better. Like, I don't know. I'm sure it's accurate. I just like I just like the I like the Genesis one so much better. But uh, so yeah, I mean that's really all I have to say on Operation Genesis. Or I'm sorry, geez, on <laughs> Evolution Two. Um, some things that I'm hoping they do, I'm hoping they would love like a, a Kenner uh, style uh, texture pack. So they couldn't call it the Kenner <laughs> texture pack, but they could call it the classic, uh, they could call it the classic dinosaurs or the classic toy pack. I would love like a Mattel toy pack um, where we get paint jobs like the, the, the toys. Um, there's going to be a Camp Cretaceous pack. You know it. You know there's going to be a season of Camp Cretaceous that, that comes out and you get a DLC based on Camp Cretaceous. Like, come on. Cartoon's huge. 
it's huge for Jurassic World, it's huge for Netflix. Why, why would you not do something like that? But yeah, so I don't know. Um, you know, let us know what you thought of this. Hopefully, if you're a podcast listener, hopefully this was a nice short uh, listen for you. I know usually we rant on for hours. And if you're a YouTube uh, watcher, you know, let us know what you think down in the comments below. Like and subscribe to the Jurassic Park podcast. And uh, yeah, that's it. Again, I'm Aaron. This was the Game Trail. Have a great day. Okay, so there's another island with dinosaurs. No yes. fence. Site B. And you want to send people in? Yes. A very few people. Yes. It's not a research expedition anymore. It's a rescue operation, and it's leaving right now. You this cannot can land on this island. This is Isla Sorna. Site B. Yes. Uh, we're on Isla Sorna, and we need to find. We need to talk to the boat. Site B. No, a lady. Enough. Wrong frequency. All right, so here we are in a spoiler section. So if you do not want to know anything about the Jurassic World Dominion preview that was in front of uh, Fast 9, F9 in IMAX, if you don't want to know anything about the preview, definitely back out. Definitely go check it out in theaters if you can. Um, it's amazing on the big screen. But uh, I, before we get to the preview of the content itself, whatever's in the preview, uh, I want to kind of discuss like how this thing was announced and, and discuss all that stuff. So uh, this goes back to the beginning of June, right? I know Sam Neill uh, posted an image. So uh, I was away on vacation when he posted this image. So all the online conversation, the the back and forth between all these different people, and then the release of all the information. It was kind of like outside of my periphery. I was as I was on vacation. I was kind of like letting things happen and, and letting letting Tom take care of all the postings and stuff like that. So basically, uh, I did see the image from Sam Neill. He posted that that cover that basically it was the poster that said it's going to be coming to theaters with Fast Nine, um, and it was weird. It felt like it was an early release. Like he shouldn't have been releasing that at that moment but uh there we are it was released and then it felt like everybody was running to catch up right it felt like all these outlets were running to uh catch up with their stories and release their articles and and it felt like nobody had any idea that this was coming that people felt a little blindsided by the news so sam neil releases the fact that it's going to be uh there's going to be a preview or something before f9 right and nobody kind of knew what that meant uh, it seems like the messaging has been weird on this one. We don't, even based off the articles and the conversations with Colin Trevorrow via Collider, um, there was a great write-up from Collider about, you know, what was going on here. And even Colin Trevorrow himself says, you know, what you see in the preview may or may not be in Jurassic World Dominion. They're still kind of, uh, you know, figuring out what they want to do with uh, what they have so far. So I want to kind of dive into this Collider article real quick because there's some good tidbits of news in here about the preview and about the movie itself. Um, Collider asked about, uh, you know, the the running time, if it's going to be, you know, something like two and a half hours because it seems like it's a massive movie with tons of characters. And, And Trevorrow actually said, I know how long it is now, and it's not longer than that, but it's a movie that involves doing justice to two sets of characters and not shortchanging anybody. All right, so right there, uh, he says it's not longer 
than two and a half hours because that's what the initial question had set up. Um, so, you know, I, it's kind of a struggle. I, I really want this movie to be long. I, I want it to do justice, and that's what he's talking about in this article, about these two stories coming together. He doesn't want to shortchange anybody. So I have faith that they'll they'll do it justice. I just don't want it to feel rushed and kind of thrown together and just super quick paced and, and so it like feels like you can never catch up but we know it's not going to be longer than two and a half hours collider went on about the mosquito that we see in the footage asking if it was the same mosquito uh that john hammond has in the amber staff and uh trevorrow says i don't know if i can declare that all i know is that that's the one that bit our t-rex that we know because that's our T-Rex. It's not just a T-Rex. And to me, I feel like we're watching a character origin story. We know something about our T-Rex that we didn't know. She's been through a lot, and now we know that she was brutally murdered by a specific dinosaur, by the Giganotosaurus, 65 million years ago. And that's part of our story. I want people to be invested in that, and I want to care about what happened to her. And now she's back after everything she's been through. Hopefully she'll be able to live in peace. I just want her to live in peace, man. So that's interesting. That, that's that's a pretty interesting story that it's this kind of overall thread from the beginning of this preview through, uh, you know, into Jurassic World Dominion across all of these films, Jurassic Park, Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom. Um, and he just wants her to live in peace. So that's interesting. Like, so he wants this dinosaur to to basically just ha- ha- have her time and just be good and just don't die. That's what it sounds like. She just wants her to he just wants her to live in peace. So I I'm comfortable with that. And based off of what we know, uh, kind of diving into and we just he just kind of mentioned it here. Obviously, he just kind of spoiled the preview, right? Uh, he says that it's brutally murdered by the Giganotosaurus, and then we follow the blood uh, into the mosquito. And then I assume in the film that there's going to be some sort of lingering thread of like, oh, we get to see this mosquito being found and being extracted, you know, the DNA being extracted and then producing maybe this T-Rex. And then obviously we know the rest of the story from there. Um, So I wonder what that means for like the end of the film. We do know that the Giganotosaurus is something that's going to be, you know, a part of the current timeline in 2022 uh, within the film. So, you know, I assume that it's going to come to heads again with the uh, with the T-Rex that we know kind of like, you know, facing off yet again in this epic battle. And would it do justice to the story to just have the T-Rex die again? I don't think so. I think that I think the T-Rex would have to win in in a ba- in a battle, in a final battle against the Giganotosaurus if that's what it comes to. Um, it was defeated back in, uh, you know, 65 million years ago, um, and and I would assume that in modern day it will probably win. If it was defeated again, that's just such a sour story. Like, she she never got her chance to beat the Giganotosaurus. That's just, that's a little sad, right? So I could see it going, uh, I could still see her, like, dying in the end, Um you know, maybe she's mortally wounded by the Giganotosaurus, but still was capable of taking it out. You know, like she took it out. She tries to walk away into the sunset, but just passes out and dies. You know, she she lost too much blood or something like that. But I definitely see the Giganotosaurus going down, uh, you know, against the T-Rex and the T-Rex coming through. It this 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 preview, which showcases the Giganotosaurus beating the T-Rex, 
it's not like the beginning of of Jurassic Park three or sort of the beginning where you know the Spinosaur beats the T Rex there. It's a different T Rex, obviously, but it feels different than that. That is a much bigger battle moment. Uh, it's a longer sequence. The Giganotosaurus versus the T Rex is very very quick. It's like mere seconds and it's over. So it doesn't have that big hefty weight to it, um, even though we know that that's the lineage of our T Rex, you know, Rexy from the from the films. So it's interesting. Oh, you okay? <laughs> it's interesting that that they're uh, you know kind of, it feels like they're giving away what the story could be by showing this this intro sequence. So I I don't know. I I, I just want her to live in peace too. But moving on here, uh, Collider went on to ask if all the footage that we saw in the IMAX preview is part of Dominion, or is it uh, any, or is any of that specific to just this IMAX event? So that's a good question. Like we want to know, like is this something that we're going to see in Jurassic World Dominion, or is it just for IMAX? Like, you know, Battle at Big Rock was not part of Fallen Kingdom in any way, but it was a separate thing. So Trevorrow went on to say. Right now, quite a bit of it is specific for this, and I actually, just because I'm not done with the movie yet, that's the reason why I can't say uh, definitively which part of it is or isn't. As of right now, a big chunk of it is in the film, and a big chunk of it is actually like a prologue to the film. It's like an overture before you see the film, and I think that's cool. I love playing with Media Man, and I think it's really fun to be able to set something up here as part of this story, but hopefully get people much more interested in coming to the theater to see it next summer. So so that's interesting. You know, he basically says, uh, you know, a chunk of it is and a chunk of it isn't currently. Um, and, it, you know, one chunk is kind of like a prologue to the film. And I think... You know, based off what we see in in the in the preview itself, there's the first half is, you know, like a nature documentary. And the second half is it seems like it's more of a sequence from the film, right? It's showcasing the T-Rex and uh, this this drive in theater sequence. And there's no context to it. But the part that opens the the preview itself, it. It, it, it feels like it's just, you know, it's its own thing. It really feels individual from Jurassic in a way. You know, watching it, which, you know, I guess moving into the, the, the story and what was shown itself, it's basically, like I said, just a nature documentary that, you know, there's no voiceover or anything. There's, I don't think there was really any music to be spoken of. Um, but there was just, you know, incredible shots and beautiful shots of dinosaurs roaming on the planet and it was really really interesting like there's amazing looking uh you know locations and tons of dinosaurs many many different dinosaurs i think they said there's something like seven new species or so in this in this preview and you know it's beautiful it's really cool to see them just kind of like herding around just doing their thing and then getting into this little battle um so i think that that would be the prologue right like that and it kind of sets up the T-Rex and all that, but does it, does the, the ending of the film, does the rest of this film work without that prologue? I don't know. I mean, you kind of want to know the history of what went down between the Giganotosaurus and the T-Rex so that you have like a greater uh, sense of, of meaning behind the battle. If there is a battle, I'm assuming there's a battle uh, later on in the film. Um, I kind of want that context. Now I did have a conversation with Aaron Beyer and he basically pointed out like, so maybe maybe we don't get this intro or this this part of the preview, but maybe we get a point in the film where Alan, Alan Grant says something along the lines of like, yeah, you know, uh, 
uh, you know, back in the day, the Giganotosaurus and the T-Rex were known, uh, you know, enemies, and they were always facing off against each other. Uh, and and basically, that's all we would need, right, to to have a little bit of context, because the scene was really, really short. It's not like this; it was this major battle. It was a very short sequence. So all we would really need is is Alan Grant to be like, yes, they were definitely enemies back when they lived uh, 65 million years ago and you're like okay i buy into that seems legit uh you know whether i don't know whether they were in the same time period or not that doesn't matter it's a it's a fictional film universe so they could do whatever they want um and i know that a lot of people were up in arms about the different species that you see that none of them really coexisted or not all of them coexisted but like I said, none of that matters. It's a fictional universe that they've created, and they can do whatever they want. It's not on them to be uh, accurate or to teach any lessons. <laughs> it's it's an entertainment uh, purpose only and to make money, really. I mean, it's just to have fun. It's just a movie. Um, so I, I'm interested in which part of this, if if anything, ends up getting dropped. Uh, if if the So you know what? I, I kind of described it. I'd like to actually go a little bit into... Uh, the different things that we do see in this in this teaser. So I'm actually going to move over to JurassicParkPodcast.com, where, like I mentioned earlier, Tom Jurassic was uh, keeping busy uh, trying to update the website and get these the information out there because information was coming from all over the place. And we have uh, updated information. I believe this is from, let's see, where does this information? Uh, this comes from Collider as well. Uh, they had an article that included the dinosaur the new species that we would see in this in this teaser, and uh, here's the list right here. So it's Dreadnoughtus, Quetzalcoatlus, Oviraptor, Mesutoceratops, Iguanodon, Morris Intrepidus, and Giganotosaurus. So one of those we have seen before, right? Battle at Big Rock, but I guess technically it hasn't been in the film series per se. So uh, you know, sure, it's new there, I guess, but. Uh, I love, I love the species list. The Dreadnoughtus being at the very beginning of this thing and just showcasing the sheer size and the different, how it, how it looked different from like a Brachiosaur or a Patasaur. Um, the Quetzalcoatlus was incredible. I mean, that's been something I've been wanting to see in this series for a very long time. And I, I do want to see it in modern day. I don't just want to see it in the past because seeing it in the past is fine. But I want to see it mixed in with modern day stuff that's going on. And and seeing the sheer size of the cats up against the uh, pteranodons was incredible. It, it, they looked like miniatures right next to the cats. It was incredible. I, I I just could never have imagined how big it would have really looked. And that they did it. It's it's amazing. Uh, there's an overraptor sequence with the cinematography. There it is just killer. Uh, I believe that was a sequence like inside of a cave. There's a ton of Nesutoceratops just, you know, moving all together in a herd. Iguanodon, I actually don't even, honestly, <laughs> do I remember that at all? I I can't remember that. Uh, the Morris Intrepidus was um, was a good one, too, because that was basically the one that awoke the Giganotosaurus. It's basically like a little teeth biter kind of cleaning its teeth and trying to get some extra food uh, from the Giganotosaurus, and that was really cool, too. But, uh, you know, then we had that face-off little battle, and then it, in, it ends up killing the T-Rex pretty instantly. And uh, then the mosquito falls in and sucks the blood and then fades away, and then it kind of flashes to different footage. But um, that opening is something that I have, I have always wanted to see. I've always wanted, like, a nature documentary version 
of Jurassic. Don't mind my daughter. She's just squealing in the background. Uh, but I've always wanted that kind of opening, or, or not an opening, but a, a sequence. Or, you know, we talked about it when Battle at Big Rock was coming out. And and subsequently since then, we've, we've talked about it a lot, like how we'd love another, you know, short film. Basically, I've always said I wanted it voiced over by... Uh, David Attenborough, Sir Richard Attenborough's brother. I mean, how cool would that be? You know, you have John Hammond's brother doing a voiceover. That would be super cool. Um, but, uh, you know, we have no voiceover. It's not like it's a filmed nature documentary today set in modern day. I still think we should see that at some point. But instead, we get this one that's set 65 million years ago. And it's interesting because while watching it, it didn't, it didn't feel Jurassic, right? It, I don't know if you guys felt the same way, but... I was like, wow, this is very this is very awesome and it's very cool and everything looks beautiful. The cinematography is great. The setting is amazing. The dinosaurs look really, really good. But I it didn't feel exactly Jurassic to me. It felt like something different. Like I was almost watching the intro to Dinosaur, Disney's Dinosaur come to life. Um, you know, with Jurassic kind of imagery uh you know the way that things looked so it was really really interesting how it all came together i i loved everything i saw in that in that first portion of the preview um and then i guess we can move on to the next part right we can we can go ahead um you know there there's this basically the sequence set at a drive-in where you get this shot i think of like a helicopter chasing the t-rex um, you know, and it, and it basically chases it right into uh, a drive-in, which Colin had kind of mentioned in some articles. I don't know if it was the Collider one, um, but, uh, you know, basically saying that, like, something that we've all been doing over the past year and a half is basically, you know, when we couldn't go to a movie theater itself, we ended up going to drive-ins. And, he, you know, it just so happened to kind of coincide with everything uh, COVID-wise. So it was, it was really interesting to see it going into a drive-in. I've been going to a ton of drive-ins over the past year and a half, or just one drive-in, but a ton of times, uh, over the past year and a half. And it was it was really cool to see that imagery shown, you know, in a Jurassic, uh, you know, state. So that was really fun. Uh, and you get to see the T-Rex kind of go in, make a huge mess of this, and then uh, there's a helicopter that is basically shooting these giant, giant darts, which are bigger than any dart I've ever seen. So, uh, you know, we've never seen anything like that. And we've made jokes about that in the past, how it just never looked like anything from any Jurassic movie before, because all we've ever seen are these tiny little baby darts. And now they're like, we're, we're taking this serious now. We're basically shooting like missiles at, that have like a dart on the end of it uh, at this T-Rex. And they miss, of course. We saw an image of that a long time ago. Colin, I think, teased it. Um, uh, man, it felt like, it, you know, years ago now. But uh, we saw it smash through the window of a car, and we see the T-Rex just making a mess. And uh, the T-Rex goes ahead and does its iconic roar uh, against the, the screen or against the, the, the lighting. And it, it was really amazing looking. And you did get a sense that they have updated the T-Rex. Not sure if I'm totally on board with, with them changing it again. I mean, I feel like we've established what the Rex is so far in the past two films, uh, you know, you know that you want to what do you whatever you want to call it whether it was just mistakes were made uh or it's legit you know they wanted to make it look like it was old and aged and frailer i guess i don't know but uh this time around it doesn't look like that and uh, it looks kind of more like it looked in Jurassic Park so it'll be interesting to see how cohesive things feel once we get to this point in time 
Now, we don't really know at what uh, point in time. I don't think anybody's kind of mentioned it. Um, but there's a few different, I think there's a few different uh, ways you could go with where this is set and like at what point in time it's set, right? So there is, you know, there's the battle at Big Rock Short, which I believe they had said at some point in time was um, something like a mile. I don't quote me on all this information. It's hard to remember everything, but like something like a mile away from Lockwood, but uh, a year, I think it was like it's set a year later. So, you know, there's kind of some context that these things have been out there for a little bit and people have been trying to stay away from them in Big Rock. Um, and then we all, we always, we see that footage afterwards that kind of is like handheld shots of different interactions. Um, and then even in this, there, after the T-Rex moment, there's a little moment of like, it looks like, I think it's like a car on the street and like there's Gallimimus like running in the dark. And then, uh, and then we get to see Battle at Big Rock from a different point of view. We actually get to see that moment. Um, and there was, oh, I think the Mosasaur, uh, bit into like a fishing trap or something like that. And then, uh, I think that was it. But, um, yeah, it's interesting that, uh, you know, we don't really know when this T-Rex moment is set, um, we we could say you know this is like moments after fallen kingdom like it literally left the the lockwood estate and then you know nah i guess not i mean it was it was being chased by a helicopter right and if you want to coincide it with something a little you know silly you could say hey well last time i saw rex getting chased by a helicopter was in the motion comics so in the motion comics we get to see the T-Rex at the zoo, which we also see play out in Fallen Kingdom, but, you know, you get a little bit more context to it. You get to see the entire thing play out. And then after that, uh, it gets chased by a helicopter with, like, some sort of, like, concrete slab or some sort of box or something hanging underneath it. I don't really understand what was going on there. Um, but, uh, you know, maybe that helicopter continued chasing it through the night and then it went in into a drive-in and kind of, uh, you know, smashed through some stuff. So, you know, this movie takes place, Dominion takes place four years later after Fallen Kingdom. It's in, it's in standard time with what's going on in our life. Like, you know, this movie for us is four years later. So it's interesting. Like, is this a moment that's set four years later? Or is it, you know, just moments after Fallen Kingdom? Um, you know, there, there's all these different things that we just don't know what the timeline of events are. Like, when did the zoo take place? When did the the Mosasaur maybe attack some surfers? Uh, when did the Pteranodons perch in Las Vegas? Like, there's a few different things we just don't really know what the timeline is. But they do kind of make point to say that Battle of Big Rock took place a year later. But, you know, that's all besides the point. Uh, it was really, really cool to see. I'm excited to see, you know, how does this all fit into the movie? Uh, does it all fit into the movie? And, you know, there's a lot of cool stuff to look forward to. I I'm very excited that we got this. Um, you know, it it's definitely a bit of a bummer, right? Just because of the exclusive element to this thing. The fact that uh, it's set in IMAX. You know, you can only have seen it in IMAX. Uh, you got to buy a ticket to Fast 9. And from what I've seen, it doesn't seem like a ton of people in the community are are big fans of the Fast and Furious franchise. I, myself, I love the movies. I love all of the movies, one through nine, every single one of them. I have so much fun. So it didn't really phase me going to see Fast 9 and having to, you know, 
buy a ticket to the movie outside of, you know, am I ready to go back to the theater experience? So, um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed the time, uh, in my, in my, uh, you know, viewing there were, you know, there was like three regular trailers and then there was like, they, they dimmed the lights a little bit. You okay? Uh, and then they, they play like three more trailers, but like IMAX trailers and then they dim the lights a little bit more all the way down and then there's like an IMAX preview thingy that's basically like welcome to IMAX theaters where you get the best sound the best visuals you know that kind of thing and then then the dominion thing came up but it literally just popped up on screen started playing there was no precursor to it like stay tuned for an extended preview of Jurassic World Dominion uh there was no like cover image that said you know you're about to watch a preview for Jurassic World Dominion uh so none of that so i think people were a little caught off guard when all of a sudden dinosaurs showed up on the screen and unfortunately by the end of it uh people were kind of making that noise over there they were kind of like laughing and and poking fun at how long it was and it was a little weird it felt weird i feel like i was the only one who knew that that was going to be happening uh, that the Dominion preview was happening in the theater. But yeah, that was my experience. So I know I was lucky enough to have seen it. Uh, I know that's not the case all around the world. Uh, you know, some people don't have an IMAX theater. Uh, some people maybe can't afford the extra price of an IMAX ticket. You know, we're still dealing with a global pandemic uh, uh, for the most part where, you know, maybe people just don't feel safe enough to get out there or not vaccinated. So they don't want to go out there just yet. Um, and then, of course, you do have the people that have had a chance to go to a theater, bought tickets to IMAX, and then they don't play it. So it doesn't show before the movie, and then that's a whole different level of of issue. I mean, we don't really understand what's happening here. It's not the best rollout of a, a Jurassic product, you know. I think they handled Battle at Big Rock a lot better, where you could see this on FX, and then it was pretty much online everywhere else, uh, you know, so anybody else could see it. We have not gotten that word or confirmation just yet, so it's still uh, a theater exclusive as as I'm recording this. I would have hoped that it would pop up online after the weekend, but uh, it seems like they still want to make their money in the theater. So who knows whether this was an IMAX-only deal, like it was something that IMAX wanted from Universal, or if this was a Universal deal that they wanted in theaters, uh, which makes sense. I mean, they want to get people in theaters again, and... You know, it's we're at this point, at least in our country, where things are getting back to semi-normal C, and you know, it seems about time where people want to start getting back, and it's a good way to entice people. Um, but to do it at the expense of everybody is a little weird. So hopefully, everybody gets the opportunity to see this and uh, has some fun, and we we all have the opportunity. That's really what we need is for everybody to be able to see this. Whether it's in Dominion or not, you know, I think that's the way you got to go at this point. So hopefully it comes up online at some point, but it's been an odd experience, but the footage itself, the preview itself was awesome. I had a great time watching it. I had a great time with Fast 9, and uh, yeah, I hope everybody else did too. So I think that probably wraps up my thoughts on the Jurassic World Dominion preview. Uh, sorry for all the noise in the background. <laughs> the only time I, I could record this right now is when my daughter's sitting next to me in a, a pack and play. But we got it done, and uh, I hope you appreciated everything I had to say about it. And I, I'm, I'm interested to hear what everybody else out there thought and uh, what they thought about the overall experience, the messaging, uh, the release, uh, all that good stuff. So make sure to hit us up. Uh, you, can, you can call our voicemail line 732 
825-7763. You can write us some emails, JurassicParkPod at gmail.com. You can send voicemails or, or uh, audio recordings to that email as well. And, uh, of course, there is a contact page over on our website, JurassicParkPodcast.com. So thank you so much, and uh, we'll, we'll talk again soon. Thank you so, so much for listening to this episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. I, uh, I, I gotta thank, uh, first off, I gotta thank Aaron for, uh, submitting a game trail today. That was awesome. I was very excited that we could actually do something, uh, between me and Aaron today, even though it was a little different than usual, not your typical Jurassic Wire, but, uh, we'll probably be back next month with that. Um, but it was, it, it was great to hear about the Jurassic World Evolution 2, uh, announcement and his thoughts and feelings and, and, uh, yeah. And I hope you guys enjoyed everything that I presented today, but of course... Uh, you know, I just wanted to say thank you to everybody out there. Jurassic June has been really special. It's been really fun and rewarding for the podcast and everybody here, the community in general. It's been such a great time. So keep it going. Keep the positivity rolling. And, and uh, let's start Jurassic July. You know, it's here. <laughs> let's keep the positivity going because that's all we can work off of here. You know, we try to keep everything as positive as possible. And uh, you guys help us do that each and every week. So thank you so much. And, of course, you have a few more days. The the uh, donation drive, the charity drive for Jurassic Gives Back is running uh, through the rest of the month. It ends at the end of June. Uh, so please help give back to the Trevor Project. That would be greatly, greatly appreciated. So head to our YouTube channel and donate on any of the most recent videos. I'd love that. So thank you so much. But that's all I have for you guys today. So... As always, please stay kind out there. Stay absolutely kind to everybody you can. Stop having arguments about paleontology and uh, and all kinds of other stuff out there. And uh, you know, let's keep it a positive place. The Jurassic community has always been known as uh, such a positive place. So let's keep it that way. So thank you so much. Stay safe. And as always, enjoy. I'm gonna go ahead and hand it off to myself for the outro. Be sure to give us a follow over on Twitter at Jurassic Park Pod and myself at Brad Jost. Also on Facebook and Instagram at Jurassic Park Podcast. Don't forget to join the Jurassic Park Podcast group on Facebook. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Audible, our website, or wherever else podcasts are found. So be sure to follow along. Also, don't miss our live streams. Toy hunts, reviews, in-depth bonus content, gameplay, event and theme park coverage, and much more on our YouTube channel. If you haven't already, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We will read your reviews at the end of most episodes, so be sure to spare no expense. Find us on the web at JurassicParkPodcast.com, where you'll find today's episode's show notes, articles, contributor bios, and so much more. If you want to get a hold of us, you can fill out the contact form on our website, or send emails to JurassicParkPod at gmail.com. We're always looking for new segments, contributors, mailbag submissions, or anybody who just wants to say hello. Feel free to call our voicemail line at any time to leave us a message. That number is 732-825-7763. Make sure to be kind to everybody and stay safe out there. Thanks for listening and enjoy. Five minutes. Drop what you're doing and leave now.